0: That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, or we're limited by law. 18 plus starts and conditions apply. See website for details. Slendy, eggo, slendy, eggo, slendy, eggo, slendy, Hey, You already know what's up. What's that under the home run? But you know the job ain't done. Tip it
1: home, got so few. What's up, everybody? Welcome. Episode 548 of the Talking Fires podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here. It is January 3rd, 2024. Hopefully everybody is doing okay. It is a rainy day, at least where I am here. It is uh, pouring. I can hear it outside. So probably going to be an inside type of day for a lot of people. So please sit back and enjoy the show. The Padres, they just released their 2024 Major League coaching staff. And I was not going to do a show on that because I didn't know that the staff was going to be released. I was going to do a show on some predictions for the calendar year in 2024, but I think I'll do that tomorrow unless news comes down tomorrow, then that'll get pushed back more. Um, So today, different show than I was planning. So sorry for the delay. It took me a little bit to format it and get everything going and get all the information that I need uh, to have the show today. But I thank you all for being here. I will definitely get to the comments. If you want to make sure I get to your comment or your question, you can use that super chat button. If you want to join the show, you can click that link that's pinned up at the top of the chat. But yeah, this was what? 10 o'clock this morning, something like that. Padres announced their coaching staff. Mike Schilt, obviously the manager, Ruben Diablo returning as the pitching coach, Ben Fritz returning as the bullpen coach, Tim Laper, Is going to be the third base coach, infield and base running instructor. David Macias is going to be, or Macias is going to be the first base coach, outfield and base running instructor. So he returns to those roles. Victor Rodriguez, who I discussed, I think it was a couple uh, weeks ago, he has a relationship with Xander Bogarts a little bit from being with the Boston Red Sox. He is going to be the hitting coach, no offensive coordinator, but there is a hitting coach. Pat O'Sullivan, assistant hitting coach. Brian Esposito, he remains on the staff, catching coach, game strategy assistant. Ryan Barba, major league field coordinator. So, not totally sure what that job entitles. There's a lot of different interesting titles when you can just tell us what they're doing, you make up a, a weird title. Peter Somerville returning as a game planning and coaching assistant. He's been with the Padres for years now on the Major League Coaching Staff. Roberto Andrade, the bullpen catcher and coaching assistant. He returns there. And Morgan Burkhart returns to the staff as well, Major League Coaching Assistant. So I did not name one guy, and I'm saving one guy for last because it is a familiar name. Not a familiar person, but a familiar name. Mike McCoy. Yes, that's his name. Mike McCoy is the assistant hitting coach. So he's going to be helping out there. I I was not thinking that someone named Mike McCoy was going to be on this coaching staff. I guess he's been in the Padres organization. I guess he went to Grossmont High School, so he grew up in the area. I assume he grew up a Padres fan. And he's been in the organization working with hitters already. So it's a name that I guess some Padres players are going to be familiar with. It's a name that Mike Schilt was familiar with because he's been in the minor leagues a little bit as well. These past couple years when he has been with the Padres, not being on the big league coaching staff last year, he was more with the big league coaching staff, but he has spent time at spring training with guys and visited different minor league uh, locations that the Padres have different minor league affiliates. Like, Yesterday, had Nathan Martarella on the show. You can go watch or listen to that after this show's done. Padres number 11 prospect, and he spoke glowingly of Mike Schilt, and he was able to really have some good conversations with Mike Schilt. So, if he's having good conversations with the players, I think that he is familiar with some of these coaches that have histories with the Padres organization, and I think we're going to be seeing some of these younger guys coming up here at some point in twenty four. 25. And so Schilt will have a relationship with those guys, but also those coaches on the big league staff now will know those players as well. Those players will know the coaches. So, I mean, look, it it took a long time for the coaching staff to be finalized for it to be announced. There were some names that got leaked. There were some names that we knew that was going to stay on the coaching staff, but as long as this is the correct staff, the right staff for Mike Schilt and and I say that because there were reports about Bob Melvin and that coaching staff. A lot of those guys were not hired by Bob Melvin. A lot of those were A.J. Preller hires, and Preller was going to those guys around Bob Melvin. And it was just different mixed messages, right? Hopefully that doesn't happen here with A.J. Preller and with Mike Schilt. Hopefully Mike Schilt is the one directing coaches and having that relationship. Not saying A.J. can't go talk with the coaches. Obviously he can, and he probably should. but. I think that he should be running things by Mike Schilt and make it aware, make those things, suggestions maybe that he has to coaches, make Mike Schilt aware of that instead of just going to those coaches and saying, hey, we're doing this, do this with this player. Because the manager, Bob Melvin, at least last year, according to reports, he would tell a player something, but he would get a different message that player would from another coach or from A.J. Preller. So, yeah, hopefully there is uh, better communication there with this coaching staff. Uh, there's a lot of information on these guys. The Padres, maybe it took so long because the Padres were, were writing a freaking essay on all of these coaches. I love information. I'm a big Padres fan, so I'm fine with the essay that they wrote, but there, it's long paragraphs. This is, this is not what teachers would recommend you to do. Or if you're in like journalism school, you would not, they would not recommend you to be writing these paragraphs this long. But there's a lot of information in them. So I'll give some thoughts on that. First, though, I do want to give some thoughts on Ruben D- or Not Ruben. Um, what's his name? Not Nevin. Uh, Benji Gill. Benji Gill not being on the Major League Coaching staff and Phil Nevin not being on the Major League Coaching staff. Because those are two names that don't have manager jobs. Benji Gill, it seemed like, He was going to be on the staff at some point, like with some of the posts that some of his friends were making and some of the comments he was making about how he wanted to be the manager. I don't know if he commented on if he wanted to be on the Padres coaching staff, but he is not on it, at least as of now. Phil Nevin not on it. He doesn't have a job in Major League Baseball on a coaching staff, at least to my knowledge. So why is that the case? I mean, I guess the reasoning that I have is, those guys haven't been in the Padres organization and the Padres wanted to go with guys that have been in the organization already. Maybe. Maybe Mike Schilt didn't want to have guys that were in, in the consideration to be the Padres manager, didn't want those guys to be on the coaching staff because what if Mike Schilt ends up, you know, the Padres end up on, off to a slow start and A.J. Preller feels like he needs to save his job, then maybe Schilt's gone too quick and then they go to Nevin or they go to Benji Gill. Maybe he doesn't want that. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Phil Nevin didn't want to be a coach. He wanted to be a manager only. Maybe Benji Gill wanted to be a manager, not a coach. Maybe they want time off because being on a major league coaching staff or being a manager of a team like Phil Nevin was with the Angels, I'm sure that's pretty stressful and that's pretty taxing on you day in, day out throughout the season. So maybe he wanted a break. I'm sure these guys are good financially, at least for now. Um, Phil Nevin, obviously a a former big leaguer. Benji Gill, obviously a lot of experience in baseball as well. I think he was a former big leaguer. I know he played in the minors at least. So maybe they just wanted a little bit of a break. If I was Benji Gill, though, I think that he would be okay being on the coaching staff, not being a manager, if, if that meant that he could go be a coach for the Padres. Maybe that's just what I would do in that situation if I'm from the area and I get offered an opportunity to be a coach on my hometown club. I'm not the manager, but there's talent on this team, and it's a job in Major League Baseball. There's not a lot of them, and it's for the hometown team. I'd probably take that if I was in that situation, but we'll see if Benji Gill has comments, if Phil Nevin has comments, if there's any information that comes out on why those guys were not on the coaching staff. As for someone like Adrian Gonzalez, I know that name was floated out there on the coach for maybe being a hitting coach because he was talked to. Kevin Acey reported that, I think, after the Schilt hiring, that Agon was interviewed, or at least there was a conversation about the Padres' manager job. I I forget if it was Agon that requested it or the Padres requested it, but it was a good experience, a learning experience, I guess, for Agon because maybe he wants to be a manager in the future maybe the padres didn't want him to be the hitting coach the lead hitting coach when he doesn't have those relationships with the padres players he hasn't been on major league coaching staffs like someone like victor rodriguez who's going to be the the main hitting coach again no offensive coordinator title here but the main hitting coach maybe they wanted guys that have experience in the system guys experienced like being on a coaching staff cuz that's different from just mashing a bunch of home runs in the big leagues. Maybe Aegon didn't want to be a hitting coach. Maybe he wanted to do something else or he wasn't ready. I don't know. Um, he's also more associated with the Dodgers than with the Padres now. I don't know. I mean, I feel like the Padres, you just go with the best guys. So you don't care if they're associated with the Dodgers. You just go get those guys. If that person is willing to go to your club. Um, but, I think some fans are like, no, don't hire that guy. He's he views himself as a Dodger now. So he, I think he's doing TV work with the Dodgers as well. So no, screw that guy. I know that he was a, a big fan favorite when he was playing with the Padres. So I think there would have been some fans that would have been like, oh, wow, Aegon back. Interesting. But he's not on the staff. But again, here is some a lot of information. On some of these guys, obviously Ruben Diabla returning 52 years old, third season as the Padres pitching coach. That was the huge key out of all of these guys to bring back. Ruben had to have been brought back. Like just look at the track record with some of these pitchers, whether it's Lugo or Waka or some of the relievers getting Josh, Josh Hader, a couple years back back on the right track. Because remember the start to Josh Hader with the Padres in 22 was not good, but I know that there was a, a pitching coach as well on the outside that helped Hater as well, but I, I'm I'm sure that Rumaniebla Niebla had some something to do with Hater getting back on track. So there's that, there's a lot of track record already. I mean, Blake Snell getting them back on track and having great career years and being more consistent. So and I think Schilt played a role in Snell as well. So, yes, good, that Ruben Nieble is returning. Don't know a lot about Ben Fritz. He's in his 10th season with the Padres organization, fifth as bullpen coach at the major league level. Seems like he knows what he's talking about. Bullpen ranked fourth among all National League ERAs there at three five eight this past year. Um, he was the pitching coach in August of 2021 through now, uh, or, or excuse me, through August, through the end of the season following Larry Rothschild's uh, firing. And then in 20, no, before that, 2017, Single-A Tri-City, 15-16 seasons with Peoria, the rookie-level affiliate. He did play in the minor leagues, A's, Tigers, Independent League. uh, Played collegiately at Fresno State. That's the information that the Padres are providing there on Ben Fritz. but. Yeah, I mean, Fritz and Niebla seems like everything's working well there. There's no reason to change that. Uh Leiper, 57 years old. I looked up who this guy was because I didn't recall the name, but I knew immediately who this guy was. If you go look up an image of this guy, you will at least a baseball fan, you will know who this guy is. You will remember him being on those Blue Jays coaching staffs. I think he was the third base coach there. But yeah, I mean, I I immediately remembered his face he was on john gibbon's staff i believe with the blue jays like you definitely remember it he stands out working with jose batista um that group of guys so he does have experience at the big league level and i have no reason to believe that that's the wrong hiring um joins the padres coaching staff as the third base infield base running instructor spending the last four seasons with the Giants as a coordinator of outfield and base running in their player development system. Spent, what, like five seasons with the Blue Jays? First, ba- first base coach, not third base coach, my bad. First base coach, originally joining the Blue Jays as a senior advisor in the player development. Was with the Expos, was with the Red Sox system, Pirate system, More- Florida Marlins, he, was, he coached for Canada's 2004 Olympic team. So there's a lot of experience there for Leiper. Uh David Macias, obviously returning as the first base coach, helped Tatis to the Padres' first ever Platinum Glove Award and the first outfielder from the NL to ever garner the... I didn't know that. First outfielder from the National League to ever garner the award, which debuted in 2011. Obviously, before coming here, he was with Vanderbilt, East Carolina. He had like that college background before coming to the Padres, but seems like he is a a well-regarded coach with the Padres, so all good with that. Vic Rodriguez, 62. I've already went over in a previous either show or video, I believe, some of his um, experience. Obviously, he has the relationship with Bogarts because he was with the Red Sox on that staff. He has been the assistant hitting coach for the Cleveland Guardians, so I believe there was some type of relationship with Ruben Niebla because Niebla was with Cleveland before coming over to the Padres before, what season would that have been? The 21 season, I think. Right? Because that was 21 or 22. Is this year, this year is going to be his third year, I believe, right? Yeah, so 22 season was when Niebla came over first. Um, let's see five seasons with the Red Sox, obviously some great offensive teams there. There's obviously there was a lot of talent with the Red Sox as well. And then McCoy, Mike McCoy, 42 joins the, the major league coaching staff as an assistant hitting coach for his ninth season in the Padres organization. Most recently serving as minor league hitting coordinator for the past two years San Diego, California native, served as manager for single-A Lake Elsinore for the 21 campaign, managing single-A Tri-City in 2019, joined the Padres in 2016 as an assistant coach for Lake Elsinore, held the same role in rookie ball with the Padres in 17 and 18. He was in the minor league systems for Baltimore, Boston, and St. Louis, major league seasons with Colorado and Toronto, so He's got a lot of experience as well, and like I talked about a little bit ago, experience with Schilt a little bit, I would imagine, and experience with some of these players that will be coming up at some point here over the next couple of years, I would imagine. O'Sullivan, 46 years old, joins the Major League coaching staff as an assistant coach, assistant hitting coach, seventh season in the Padres organization, most recently serving as hitting coach for AA San Antonio, which was where Nathan Martorello was where Merrill and Marcy and Pauly and Salas, all these guys were. So relationships there when those guys end up coming up. If they don't get traded at some point, I'd imagine that most of those guys will come up. Um, I don't think Merrill's going to get dealt. I would think that he's going to debut at some point here in 2024. He was with Lake Elsinore for a couple of years, former first baseman and outfielder, four seasons in the minor league systems of the Mets and Orioles before spending seven years in independent ball and Mexican league Esposito returning. Um, He spent nine years with the pirates before coming to the Padres. He was manager for AAA Indianapolis for 2018, 2019, 2021 uh, played thirteen season in the minor leagues with Boston, Anaheim, Texas, St. Louis, Colorado, Houston, Chicago. So a lot playing experience, coaching experience. Barba, this is I feel like kind of like the uh, not not really David Macias, I was thinking because like the college background, he. He's. This is his third season in the Padres organization. Originally joined the Padres as a minor league infield coordinator in 22 before serving as an assistant field coordinator slash infield coordinator for the 23 season. Nine seasons in the Angels organization, serving as an assistant field coordinator for 20 and 21. Then he was in single A for two years, hitting coach double A in 17. Single A in 16, single A in 15, rookie level in 14, AF Arizona Fall League Angels team in 2013. He uh, was a coach, coaching debut, University of New Mexico. So that's where I got like the Macias thing because there was some college coaching experience there. And then he did play four minor league seasons as well. So a lot of minor league experience is what I'm seeing from these coaches here, some of them returning. He played four years collegiately at Santa Clara, signed by the Dodgers as a minor league free agent in 16, spent two seasons with the Dodgers as a developmental coach before coming over to the Padres, where he has never left. Uh, see, I'm telling you, it was literally an essay that the Padres have wrote here. I mean, I'm this is a lot. Andrade, 57 years old, back third season as the bullpen coach and coaching assistant, 18 years with the Pirates. A lot of experience there. And then he was Venezuelan Winter League, 27 years as a coach and catching extractor there. A lot of years under his belt. And then Burkhart, 12th year in the Padres organization, fourth major league coaching staff as a coaching, uh, coaching assistant. A lot of levels single A, double A, triple A. Seven years in the independent leagues before joining the Padres. A lot of other experience as well um used to play first base so he's back but yeah that's a lot of information on the coaching staff here with the Padres just quick checking of social media Schilt is going to have a press conference today at noon to discuss his coaching staff okay so there's that um you could probably look at social media for some updates there on whatever Mike Schilt says about the coaching staff. But yeah, after this break, I will get to the comments and then there's also some other stuff I want to hit on. Yuki Matsui, there's some news contract wise. And then for those that missed my video yesterday, Padres close to bringing in another reliever as well. Check out Gaglion Bro's famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gagleonbros.com for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. All right, getting to the comments, Dara Potts says, Weird to see no bench coach on the staff. Is it because Schilt does not want any conflicting opinions? Well, on the coaching staff, I'm sure there's going to be conflicting opinions, so I don't know. Maybe someone's going to ask why no like official bench coach, no associate manager, nothing like that. But I feel like it's gonna be a collective effort. And if there's someone that had to be the bench coach, mm, I don't know. Would it be Tim Leiper? Morgan Burkhart is just major league coaching assistant. Peter Somerville, game planning and coaching assistant. So game planning, maybe he would be the, the bench coach if you had to name a bench coach. Ben Fritz is gonna be in the bullpen. Ruman Diebla, I mean didn't they have like a courtesy interview for Niebla just to give him experience Manage uh, interviewing for a manager job? So I think it's going to be Niebla, Somerville if he's not in the bullpen, Leiper. I mean, Rodriguez has been on a coaching staff as well. So all these guys have a lot of experience. Macias as well. So it's probably going to be a, a, a group effort. Who's going to lead spring training? Uh, I guess that's a question. But I don't know how many fans care about who's going to lead spring training. You I say that because usually the bench coach leads that, because the manager has some other things to do as well during spring training. Um, we'll see. JD's third, I wonder why none of the candidates for manager wanted to be on this coaching staff with Schilt. Maybe they did and the Padres didn't want it. Like we we don't know. Maybe some of those answers, maybe those questions I should I should say, would will be answered during this news conference by Schilt later today. Um, Let's see here. Going down the chat. Yeah, I apologize for being a little bit late. The coaching staff was hired. That came out, so I uh, changed what I was going to be doing today. Good question, J.D.'s third. Ben, is Don Tricker still here? As, as far as I know, Don Tricker is still with the organization. I have not seen anything, or at least I don't remember seeing anything about Don Tricker not being with the organization. Maybe he has a lesser role. But yeah, to my knowledge, I think he is still with the organization. Alex says, what if Ruben ends up taking the bench coach role, even though being the hitting coach and being Schilt's right-hand man? Well, he's the pitching coach. He's not the hitting coach. But no, I could see Ruben being – I mean, Ruben – the pitching coach and the manager are talking all the time. I don't know if you saw Niebla and Melvin last year; they talk all the time. So I, I think Ruben is sort of like going to be a bench coach for for Mike Schilt, for sure, and he has a relationship with Ruben. So I think that he trusts Ruben, and maybe that's why he didn't need feel the need feel excuse me, maybe that's why he didn't feel the need to have an actual like bench coach like a lot of organizations have Um, at this point, do you think that we will have the rest of the team filled in by our minor league players? No, because there's still a lot of free agents out there. There's still a lot of time left in the off season. I know it's January and we'd like to have moves made. So we know what the team's going to look like, but there's a lot of other teams in baseball that are kind of sitting in the same spot as the Padres are a lot of holes to fill and they don't know who's going to fill them but no i think some will be minor league guys but i'm not no i don't think that center and left field and first base and the the rotation i don't think it's all going to be double a guys that are coming up or triple a whatever guys coming up and you know filling that spot especially at the start of the year guys are going to get signed i think that there's at least going to be another trade if not multiple i'd be surprised if it's all free agency just with the way that the market is going right now um so no it's not going to be minor league players filled with minor league players yeah new third base coach is the liper tim liper that guy and again if i think baseball fans if you go look up a picture of him you will know like immediately you will recognize that face i think yeah thank you chad happy new year to everyone as well here in the chat Yeah, don't think it's Mike McCoy, the Chargers coach. It's, it's Mike McCoy who we'd never heard of, I think. At least a lot of Padres fans didn't know who Mike McCoy was. The Padre Mike McCoy. But he has been apparently in the Padres organization. Don Tricker, I don't think this is a new position. If JD's third, if you looked up on the Padres site and saw this, I don't know if this is a new position. I thought this was his position. That's why, like, players didn't understand really his role but didn't really like it. Director of Player Health and Performance. Yeah. I think that's, I thought that was the same role that he was, that he had when Lynn and Rosenthal came out with that article about the A.J. Preller front office culture. Devin asked, does the Groupner statement bug you, Ben? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. It's not the end of the world, but yeah, I already gave my thoughts on that, I think, in a previous video, so you can go watch my full thoughts on that. But I think, like, I understood the point that he was trying to make, and I am grateful for the stars that we do have. But I think that he could have worded that differently. Like, what, did he expect no fans to get pissed off at that comment? Like, the way that he worded it, of course it was going to piss off fans. And yeah, I was, I was irritated with it a little bit as well. Um, Tatis junior fan says we need to sign Bader and Solaire. That's my prediction. I think that they're going to cost a good amount in free agency. So I'm not so sure about that. Bader and Soler, I think both are righties as well. And I think the Padres want some lefties. Maybe they sign one of those guys and maybe Bader's market goes down because there's not enough interest. And maybe he wants to find a team before spring training so they can get him a little bit cheaper than what, spot tracks market value is I think it's like 15 mil something crazy like that and that's definitely a no on Harrison Bader if that's what that is because that's a righty that's going to be hitting at the bottom of the lineup pretty much so yeah I I would say no on that for that price tag maybe they get one of them Solaire would definitely be a power bat for sure I don't know how great he is in the outfield though like I feel like that would be a DH bat and you might want someone that can play a little bit better defensively and left than Jorge Soler. Or maybe they have him going right and they have Tatis play center field. I think the Tatis is going to be in right field, though. I still hold that thought. I'm not saying it's a guarantee, but I still hold that thought. All right. I want to get to some information that came out on Yuki Matsui from the Associated Press. This is on the ESPN website that I see here. Yuki Matsui, he can earn 33.6 mil if he becomes the Padres' closer. If you remember, the deal is five years around $28 million, but it can get up to 33.6 over five seasons with the Padres if Matsui becomes the team's closer and he um, remains healthy. He could opt out, though. He could opt out of the deal after three years and 14 and a half million. If his pitching elbow remains healthy, it's a now it was announced as 28 mil five years. Salaries 3.25 mil this year, five and a half and 25, 5.75 and 26, six and a half and 27, seven mil and 28. According to contract terms obtained uh, obtained by the associated press, he would have the right to opt out after the 26 season if he has not had Tommy John surgery or has not had an elbow injury that caused more than 130 consecutive days on the IL spanning 24 and 25. So pretty much like if you stay healthy and you're really good, yeah, you can opt out. If you get hurt, then we have the right to retain you. If he does have Tommy John or has an elbow injury causing more than 130 consecutive days on the IL spanning 24 and 25, San Diego has a conditional $7 7 million dollar option for 28. If the con- if the conditions for the team option aren't met, Atsui has a player option for 28 with the same amount of 7 million dollars. So this is getting deep into the contract. Some fans not might not be totally interested in that, but that is something to be aware of is okay, so if he has success for the Padres, like that that's great. Like we want him to have success pitching for the Padres as a reliever, but he does have the ability to opt out after three years. If he does not have the Tommy John, if he does not have an elbow injury, that he is on the IL for a substantial period of time. He cannot be assigned to the minor leagues without his consent. Now this was changed yesterday. When I saw this article, it said essentially that he had a no trade clause. That sentence has been replaced. So I don't know if he still has a no trade clause, but that sentence has been replaced by, he cannot be assigned to the minor leagues without his consent. I thought that was something that was on Ha Sung Kim's contract as well. He also gets an interpreter, okay? A hotel suite on road trips, okay? Which I think that all of the big players get. An annual road trip tickets to Japan. He will become a free agent when the contract ends. Which that's like no duh, captain obvious. But I think that's meaning like he, there's no arbitration or anything like that. He's just coming over from Japan, and he'll be a free agent when the contract ends. There's no, there's no arbitration. Essentially, I think is what that means. Or else, why would you put it in there? Like that's no duh contract. That's that's captain obvious contract. So hotel suite on road trips. I don't think that's like a big deal. I mean, where the Padres stay on road trips anyway. I'm sure there's plenty of hotel suites. Round trip tickets to Japan. Okay, that's nothing uh, for for the Padres. I'm sure that's him making, he wants, okay, having it paid for, but just making sure that he can get to Japan and come back and be all good there, probably in the offseason. So those are some details on Yuki Matsui, some interesting details. So stay healthy is what we want, obviously, for Yuki Matsui, but it could end up being a three-year deal. If all things go well, it's probably a three-year deal. He opts out. Maybe the Padres bring him back, but he opts out and gets more money from another team. Sort of like what we've seen from Waka and from Lugo. Those were shorter years. Those weren't three years, but I'm just saying we have seen that some of these contracts that AJ has handed out. Maybe that's the only way that the Padres could have landed these guys. We don't know, but right now, I'm I'm looking at this as a three-year contract. I'm not looking at it as a five-year contract. I'm looking at three years, pitch well, be healthy, and if hey, if you leave after three years, hopefully it means that you pitch really well for us and we can go win a World Series during those three years.
0: With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky
1: For those that missed my video yesterday that I put out, the Padres are close to signing maybe the best name in baseball. Woo Suck Go. Yes, that's a real name. His signing window ends today at 2 p.m., so the deal will probably get announced, or at least Passon will have a tweet about it, or more people will tweet about it by sometime today, maybe today in the afternoon. um, A deal has to get done. By then and Kevin AC he wrote in the San Diego Union Tribune today that the, uh, the team that Go was playing with was not too happy with the deal like the money has not been reported but terms of the, but um, let's see here LG Twins the team he was on for like seven years were disappointed in the size of the contract the higher the contract the higher the fee paid To that team. Deadline again. 2 p.m. Wednesday. Terms of the deal. Not known. But he's 25. Would be the second player from Korea. The Padres obviously were interested in Jung-Hoo Lee. And by the way. There's a connection. Jung-Hoo Lee's sister is married. To Woo-Suk-Go. So that's interesting. John Heyman tweeted last night. That this will be the Padres closer. Likely to be the Padres closer. Maybe at some point. But. I mean, Matsui just signed a contract that's like, has incentives to close games, I thought. Suarez signed an extension with the Padres, with the Padres planning for him to be the closer. And this guy's never pitched into the big leagues before. Japanese baseball is better than Korean baseball, at least according to people that know what they're talking about. So, I don't think that he would be the closer right out of the gate. It would be cool for him to close games in Korea, those two games in Korea. One, you beat the Dodgers, that have all this great talent on their team. But he'd be in Korea as well to close it out. You have Kim, you have Go on the team closing it out. Like, that would be cool. But I don't think that that would be the best for the Padres to have Suk Go be the closer right out of the gate. I, I have Robert Suarez being the closer right now, but maybe that's just because that's who I know of the most. And so that's a little bit biased for me because that's just who I've seen. I know that he throws gas. He can be nasty. He has some closing experience in the big leagues. Neither of these other guys do. So that's what I'm going on. But if this is something that's going to happen, Wusat Go will be joining Matsui, Robert Suarez, Tom Cosgrove, Steven Wilson, Angel De Los Santos, maybe Luis Patino, maybe St- Steven Kolak, who was the Rule 5 guy, Alec Jacob, Johnny Brito, Randy Vasquez. There's some names. Adrian Marjone, if he can ever stay healthy consistently. There's some names that would join this bullpen. Um I, I like the bullpen. Even before this move, I like I said, I think last night, I would have been fine with them just going into spring training with this bullpen. But hey, adding another one, you look at some of the highlights, I'm not gonna be complaining about this. It seems like he's pretty nasty. Here's some of the video actually. <laughs> So, just a little bit there. Sorry for the podcast audience. You can go watch it on YouTube. But, I mean, he made some of those hitters look pretty ridiculous, swinging at pitches that were nowhere near the zone, that looked like they were going to be in the zone. So, some nasty breaking pitches. He does have some velocity, I think mid-90s. His ground ball rate is over 60%. Last year, he does walk, a, like I think, double-digit percentage there. So, let's, let's get that under control. But the Padres clearly see the upside there. And again, we don't know the contract, but the contract is not going to be that much. Or else the Padres would not have signed Woo Go. And I think the Padres had some leverage here. Maybe because they have ha Kim. I think this guy played with ha Kim on Team Korea in the WBC, by the way. I did, I did see some pictures of him wearing that Team Korea jersey. Um, and I think they had some leverage because of this deadline. There's other free agents where they can wait and wait and wait and maybe use some other teams against the Padres. There's a deadline here of today at 2 p.m. that this deal needs to be done. or I don't know if the deal like officially needs to be done or just an agreement needs to be done, but it needs to be done in some fashion here by this afternoon. So, I mean, if I was that player, I don't want to wait till 1.30 to lock down a deal depending on, like, if it needs to be signed, like a physical taken. According to Kevin A.C., he is already in America. Let me double-check what Kevin said here. Where is it? 139 saves past five seasons reportedly boarded a plane bound for the United States on Wednesday afternoon. Korea time. And obviously, today is Wednesday, so a little bit earlier our time than Korea time. Remember those WBC games that were played in those countries. It was like 2 a.m., 3 11 p.m. when some of those games were happening, just starting up. And yes, I stayed up for some of those games, especially when ha Kim was playing. So it's a different time. We'll see some news probably come down today, but it, it looks like he is coming to the Padres and, I'm not going to act like I know everything about him. I'm not going to say that this is like the best move that A.J. Preller has ever made, but this is a move that this is a type of move, I should say, that should be expected, you know, trying to find kind of like the diamond in the rough, not a big contract, not a hundred million dollars for Josh Hader. That was never going to happen. Even if the, I don't even know if that would have happened if the Padres had the money to spend. Because giving a reliever $100 million, that's super risky. And A.J. Preller, he's had a history of finding guys that we don't know a ton about or we've never heard of, having them come over, it's not a huge contract, and them dominating at points with the Padres. So hopefully that's another one of those guys here. But yeah, Woosuk Go, amazing name. That's that's an amazing chant. When this guy comes into games at Petco Park, and the crowd, you know how the crowd's chanting ha Kim? Chanting "woo suck go," <laughs> that's that's gonna be pretty. That's gonna be pretty funny to watch. Um, okay, before I get back to the chat, just want to remind you of some of the great partners of the show. Foco Breaking Tea. Foco has some great Padres bobbleheads. Breaking Tea has some great shirts and sweatshirts. Padres, Aztecs, Wave. Aztecs obviously had a huge win uh, last week against Gonzaga they're back in action later tonight I believe against Fresno State to open up the Mountain West Mountain West Conference play they're not ranked I already did a video on this yesterday who cares about the rankings I know like I'm still gonna get irritated because I want San Diego State to get like respect but it does not matter so don't lose sleep over it I'm definitely not um underdog fantasy you can go click that link in the description or use code TalkingFires You will get a 100% deposit match up to $100 for your first time using Underdog Fantasy. They've got some great NBA, college basketball. I think they do women's college basketball as well. Soccer, NFL, obviously. There's a lot of... Uh, I'm sure they'll do the national championship game um, next week, I want to say, between Michigan and Washington, the two remaining undefeateds there in college football. They've got a lot of different sports that you can place, um, entries on there. So feel free to use that to your advantage. If, so if you put in like 50 bucks, you'll get a hundred. So they'll match it. You'll get free 50 bucks, um, from them to use, to make some picks there. And then SeatGeek code talking Friars $20 off your order, maybe save it for the next Padres season. Or if there's another event you want to go to, please use that to your advantage. Want to help you Padres, and San Diego sports fans out there. And I believe while we're on the San Diego sports topic, San, e- San Diego State, I believe, has made season ticket sales. They, like, just started that today. Let me double check that. Because I want to give you the accurate info. Yeah, season tickets are officially on sale. Goaztex.com slash tix T-I-X. And you you'll be able to get season tickets. I think that they said that the season tickets are going to be, um, lesser in price—is lesser even a word? Less expensive in price, and they they should be. I mean, coming off a of four eight four and eight year, I know there's buzz around the program, but even if there is buzz around the program, like people aren't going to pack the stadium when the the tickets are that much. And I know that wasn't season tickets; some of those were se- single game, but you can't have tickets in the upper deck for you know. 50, 70 bucks when it's not like Alabama's coming to town, you know? All right. Getting back to the chat here. Chad says, if Preller is still employed by the Padres after 2024, we riot. If they make the playoffs and they go on a deep run, I don't think that I'm going to be rioting for Preller to still have his job. If they miss the postseason, yeah, then a change needs to be made for sure. Alex says maybe if it is Benji as bench coach maybe they they're waiting for the Mexico League to end I don't know to announce him maybe because I think he is a manager right he's managing there for that winter league so that could be but I think that they could announce it anyway if that job does not interfere with his job during the season with the Padres I think that they I think that they could announce it I don't think I don't know why they would be a problem with him announcing that so I don't think Benji Gill's going to be on the staff Chad asks, can you get Coach Kintera to come on a future episode? He is available. Um, I guess I could reach out if you guys want me to. Um, I have respect for him, for sure, all the years. um, I've met him once in person, and it was at the Holiday Bowl, and he offered any help if if he could help out at any point in time. So um, seems like a just great human being to talk to and has a bunch of stories. Obviously, it sucks that he no longer has um, a position at 97.3, the fan. But if you did listen to Adam Klug yesterday on Ben and Woods, Adam, the program director, he said that Coach Quintera was notified in October about this decision. So it's not like they fired him on like Thursday and said, You're gone. Um, according to Adam Klug, he knew about this in October, that they were planning on making a change. And I am excited to see what Annie Halbrin and Craig Elston are going to do in that 10-2 to 2 time slot on 97.3 The Fan. Cantero, he was offered an opportunity to go from like 8 to 10 a.m. on the weekends. Now, if I was fired from a job on the radio from middays, and then I'm offered, hey, do you want to do this weekend time slot? I probably wouldn't want to do that either because I'd be like, so you don't want me to be on a big time slot, but then you still want me to help you out. Like, no, it's, you don't want me. Okay. Then I'm not going to help you out on the weekends then. So I understand coach Gintero being irritated about the situation. Um, I think that what Lee hacksaw is that, is that his name? whatever that guy's name is, I think him saying shame on Kluge and then trying to blame Woods, you know, that show, for playing a role in Coach Kintera not being there, I think that that should not have happened. Um, I mean, I wish Coach Kintera all the best for whatever he does. Uh, I don't think that he is done. I think he told the UT that he's not done yet. So, yeah, definitely wishing the best for him, no doubt about that. Um, But... You know, the, Adam Klug, 97.3 The Fan, they they have a right to make a change if they feel like that they want to make a change. And Annie Halbrin, I, I've, I've tried to get, our, get her on the show a lot. I've reached out repeatedly. Um, she's busy, so we'll see if we can ever make that happen. Hopefully we can. Um, And hopefully I'll be able to get Craig on the show at some point too. Love both of those. Love listening to Padres Hot Tub. Loved Annie Halbrin on the the padres tv broadcast obviously and work that she did interview wise for the union tribune video and writing absolutely love her so um i think that's going to be a an interesting show to be listening to from 10 to 2 and i mean i wish the best for everyone involved really like so i guess that's my my thoughts on that um but yeah i i guess i could reach out if you want me to try to, to get him on. I'm sure there's other shows that have tried to get him on, so he's he's probably busy right now or thinking about what he wants to do next, so we'll see what happens. Caesar says, hopefully we can focus on signing Eddie Rosario now that we have Matsui and Wusuk Go on the team. Eddie Rosario would be a welcomed addition, in my opinion. I mean, I don't think he would cost too much. I think it would be a short-term deal. I think that That's a good lefty bat. I don't think he's going to hit you 40 home runs, but someone from the left side, someone that has experience in the postseason, playing with the Braves, playing with the Twins. uh, Watching from from my memory, watching Eddie Rosario at bats, this is a guy that's like a scrappy hitter as well. So, yeah, as long as it doesn't cost too much and it can fit with what the Padres are doing, I think Eddie Rosario would be a, a pretty good fit for this team. Um, Alex asks, are you worried that Suarez's elbow still isn't 100% with them signing two closers pretty much? Um, Maybe there's something to that. Yeah, I'm not worried about it because I I don't want to worry about something that I don't know is a problem. I know that he had the injury last year, but he pitched pretty well at moments when he came back from the injury last year. So I'm not going to worry about something that has not been reported. That's just going to add more stress in my head uh, about this Padres team. So I guess there's a time to worry about that, and that time is not now. I think the time to worry about that is if spring training happens and he can't start the season. Um, I think that AJ is someone that scouts across the world, literally, and we're seeing that. And he's seeing these guys, and he's seeing that they're not going to cost $20 million a year for a reliever like Josh Hader wants in free agency. And he's, he wants to go sign these guys. And he's probably seeing with like Wusuk Go, there was a deadline. He's not getting as much money as maybe what he thought he was going to get. And he can use that against him. And maybe get him cheaper than what he could have gotten or maybe what he would have gotten him for if there was no deadline. Because he wants to pitch in Major League Baseball. His team wants to get money back for him. So that's why the deadline is in place, and obviously the Padres. I think that they they uh, realize the situation, the opportunity that they have to go strike. They wanted another reliever, and so I understand it. I would still say that Robert Suarez is the closer for now. I don't buy John Heyman saying that Wu Suk goes the closer. He might be at some point, but there's also Yuki Matsui that they just gave. Who I, I I'm not going to guarantee it, but I'm pretty confident saying that. Yuki Matsui's contract is going to be bigger than Wusuk Go's contract. So does that tell you that the pecking order is Suarez-Matsui-Go and then, like, De Los Santos, everyone else? Or is it just based on the demand for Matsui? Maybe it was higher than Wusuk Go, but uh, Wusuk Go is um, going to be... He's going to get the closing opportunity before... Yuki Matsui. I don't know. Um, continuing to go through the comments here. Yeah, it is interesting that he married Jung Hu Li's sister. Sister, right? That's what it is. I don't want to get that wrong. Yeah, Jung Hu Li's sister. That's kind of like a, a yonder and manny thing, right? With Yaine. Yonder's sister. Um just continuing to go through the chat here. <laughs> Janie's third. This might this this might happen at Petco Park or definitely on social media. If this guy sucks at some point. Or the team sucks, we will say, someone will tweet out or someone will try to chant, We suck, go instead of you, instead of, uh, we suck, go. We suck. Yeah, probably. But I'm not going to do that now. No, I mean, we haven't even started the season yet. I want to, I want to have some faith to start the season. Jason asks, What's your prediction on who will sign for outfield or move one of our infielders? It's hard for me to predict who they're going to sign. I would not be shocked to see Kevin Pillar be signed to play center, maybe wait for Marcy if they can't trade for a center fielder or they want Tatis to be in right. Michael A. Taylor, I feel like he's just going to go back to the Twins, so I don't think Taylor's going to come here. Left field, I feel like it's going to be a trade. I'm not so sure. Maybe they signed someone to be a bench outfielder. Maybe that's Pillar. But I feel like it's going to be One of those, center-left, at least one of those is going to be via trade. Whether it's Anthony Santander, or I think Seth Brown from the A's can play some outfield. I think he can play first as well. Whether it's Kepler, who am I missing? Who are some other outfield trade guys? One of the Brewers outfielders, or not. Maybe they, I'm sure they have some more outfielders that they'd be willing to deal. Um, The Cardinals, I feel like they all, I know they... Tyler O'Neill went to the Red Sox, but I feel like they have guys. Dylan Carlson, would he be available? Um, We'll see. I think one of them will be via trade. It's hard to predict. A.J. is hard to predict. And it's hard to predict because are they going to go with starting pitching first, go get starting pitching first, or are they going to go get outfield first? And then that dictates, okay, how much money do they have to spend on that other part of the roster? What are they going to do with first base D.H.? How much money is going to be spent there? Are they going to trade for that? Are they going to just bring in a guy on a, a minor league deal? Um, Someone, uh, Daniel Vogelback. I don't think he's signed anywhere. Um, who else is out there? Brandon Belt would be major league, obviously. Carlos Santana's already signed. Rowdy Telez is already signed. But you get what I'm talking about. Like, a, is it going to be a cheap deal, or is it going to be a major league deal? Is it? Are they going to just, just going to bring back Garrett Cooper? It's hard to predict. I don't know what order they're going to do. Um, all right. Continuing to go through the chat here. Some of you want Coach Contero on, so I, I can ask. I can ask. Steve asks, why do you think Carpenter was never released? Preller paid him five mil." Well, because they wanted to trade him. They wanted to dump some of the contract, and so that's what they were able to do. They were able to create some more flexibility by dealing Matt Carpenter. And then the Braves, didn't they just release him? Like, right after the trade, they were like, yeah, we'll take on the salary so that we can take Ray Kerr because we really like Ray Kerr. So the Padres had to give up Ray Kerr, but they created a little little bit of, of flexibility. Thoughts on Woodruff? Um... I think that that's not a fit, really, for the Padres, because if you're going to sign someone, you don't want that luxury tax counting for this year if they're not going to pitch. Like, I want to bring in guys that are healthy, that are going to come help you right out of the gate in 2024. And Brandon Woodruff is not that. Santana signed with the Pirates, I think. Or was that Telez? That was Telez, right? Or was that... Who did Carlos Santana sign with? Carlos Santana. Of course, it's not going to come up with the baseball player. Oh, no, he is a free agent. That's what it says here. I thought, okay, so Teles signed. So Santana has not signed with anyone? Really? I thought he signed with someone. No, wait. It says Pirates. Pirates signed Carlos Santana. November? Oh, that's 2022. My bad. I guess he's a free agent. So, yeah, hey, you can bring, try to bring Carlos Santana in. I'd be in on that if he's not going to be too expensive, one-year deal. I think he'd want to win. Not saying the Padres are the best place to, if you want to go win, but I mean, there's talent on the roster. I think that they can make the postseason this year. Signed for 6.7 mil last year. That's not too bad. I would just think that some trades are definitely going to happen then for some other guys to, to fill holes on this roster. All right, that's going to do it. Talking for hours, episode 548. Hopefully everybody enjoyed the show. Thank you so much for the time watching live or on replay on YouTube, listening on the podcast platforms. I definitely appreciate it. Have a great rest of your day and I'll talk to you all later. See ya.